up everybody i'm your host justice rice welcoming you to the sports jam i'm here joined by my co-host mark blatnick mark how you doing today doing great my dude joining us is cameron white cam how you doing today hey i'm doing well just got back from the beach it's a great day to talk fantasy sports you know (laughs) sounds great sounds great great day for the beach probably even better when you're down in florida Oh, yes. Hey, uh, it, it was uh, 102 when, uh, like, a uh, heat index and everything. So, yeah, it's definitely a little uh, toasty down here. Too hot for me, but we'll jump in it right now. Um, just want to give you guys a little background on what the Sports Jam is and what it's going to be. Currently, we're looking at jumping a lot into fantasy sports, primarily fantasy football with the football season right around the corner. Uh, long term, though, we want to jump into all sports, not just fantasy sports either. We want to go from a real-world aspect, uh, do some betting advice. Uh, we'll jump into esports as well. But that's the long-term goals of the sports game. Did I miss anything there, fellas? No, not at all. Mm-hmm. Hey, I think we've uh, covered everything with what we're uh, going to be doing for the rest of this year and a shoot next year as well. To a T. Sounds good. Then we'll we'll jump in. Right before we jump in, we want to uh, encourage everybody to follow us. You can follow us on Twitter at the Sports Jam Twenty Two. You can follow me personally at Chief Justice underscore Twelve. If you want to follow Cam, follow him at Cameron underscore White Zero Eight. All those are our Twitters. Unfortunately, Mark does not have a Twitter. We're going to try to get him set up on there soon. <laughs> we also have a so Discord. Long, I uh, never wanted to do it for real. <laughs> I, I'm not a social media type of guy. I don't I know if any of us are. <laughs> we also have a Discord, the Sports Jam. We'll be linking that in our Twitter if you guys want to join us there. You'll be able to. We'll be able to do some Q and A with with some of the fans. Anybody that wants to listen in and ask us some questions. For at least right now, also. At least right now, uh, or articles until we get the website hooked up and running. Our articles that we will be talking about on the podcast will also be in that Discord. Yep. Um, but for now, we're going to jump right in, get started on this podcast. And this week's edition is going to be the wide receiver week. We're covering all things wide receiver here on Fantasy Sports. And to start, we're going to go over Mark's article. So, Mark, welcome to the hot seat. Mark wrote an article about his five biggest busts in the 2022 fantasy season. So, Mark, why don't you get us started with your number five bust of the season? All righty. So, basically how I decided to form my bust list is five receivers based their stats off of last year, look into what they could do this year, and more so looking as a regression from last year. I guess you could say it like that. But uh, first and foremost, I went with, Everybody's favorite fantasy darling waiver wire pickup last year, Amon Ross St. Brown of the Detroit Lions. Uh, the reason why I put Amon Ra, Amon Ra on the list is because last year finished with 200 and what, 201 fantasy points, number one for the Lions, but all of his damage came within the last five weeks of the year. Okay. He had about 125 points to close out 
So you take away those last five weeks and he does what he was doing all year long. He's not hitting the 150 point mark almost. Uh, another reason why, what did the, what did the Lions do in the draft in the first round? Picked up Jamison Williams. Uh, yeah, he has a knee injury, but all reports are pointing that he's going to be ready to go by week one. So, and DJ Chark also signed on with the Lions. And to be honest, Jared Goff ain't a good quarterback. <laughs> Let's be honest here. You ain't lying. They, Jared Goff does not know how to move the ball. We'll say it like that. So, Mark, I was, I was interested in this one because, like you said, Amon Ross St. Brown, he was the fantasy darling. Mm-hmm. He was someone who was going to be high on my list coming into the season. And, and when you mentioned him, I had to look into it because I, I really wanted to grill you. But when I researched <laughs> this, I think I figured out just why he was so successful those last five weeks of the season. In those last five weeks, um, DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson, who coming into last year were Detroit's one and two as far as, you know, their offensive playmakers. The last five weeks of the season, they both missed four games. Like you mentioned, that's when uh, St. Brown was blowing up. Mm -hmm. Could be a high correlation as to to why he was so successful. So I still like St. Brown. Definitely not as much as I did um, before you you, – open my eyes to him, but definitely somebody that, um, you know, my sights fell down a little bit on cam. You have anything on that? Uh, we're saying Brown. I love his play. He has a lot of swag about himself, even though he is in Detroit. Um, he was a little shy of a thousand yards of the season. If I'm not mistaken, I believe he had to, it was 900 – I think it was like 960-something like yards. Um, over 119 targets, that is a lot. Um, TJ should um, should be okay. He's always going to be that red zone target for them. And Swift, I actually am – I actually really do like Swift coming into this season. I know last season he had some of the injuries uh, with him. But uh, overall – as St. Brown being a buzz, I think I agree with it, and I understand the reasoning, but I'm not sold on him being an, a true, like, bust. The way I see it is as long as Jared Goff doesn't figure out how to move the ball around, I, I don't see Amon Ra getting over 155 fantasy points. And at the, at the position that he's getting drafted – 64 as an ADP, you're going to need more than 150 points from a receiver at that point. So, wide receiver 26, I believe he is currently listed as. So, right, that's like a high wide receiver three, low low Mm -hmm. wide receiver two. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, uh, moving on to number four, I put Amari Cooper. Obvious reasons. Now he plays for the Browns. And we don't know what that QB situation is going to be like. We don't know if Deshaun Watson is going to get suspended for four games, eight games a season. Shoot, he might not even get suspended at all. We don't know that. And that's it's tough to say. Cooper also, past couple years, have been dealing with injury problems as well. And at least when he played in Dallas with Dak, he had a guy named C.D. Lamb on his other side helping him 
you know, free up targets for himself. I could not give you who the heck number two is in, in Cleveland right now. It might be Donovan Peoples-Jones. Peoples-Jones. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so my point exactly. Like, J- Jacoby Brissett is probably going to start week one. Okay. And Amori Cooper is, is in that same area code as Amon Ross St. Brown. And Cooper probably right now as listed as probably a wide receiver too. And the way that that situation, that offense is working around in Cleveland, which is, by the way, is a run first offense. It just does not look good for the way Cooper is going to be playing. I agree with you here. I'm a little worried about Cooper. The one thing I'd ask you, Mark, is let's let's assume for the late drafters, you know, the guys that the guys that are drafting right before the season starts. What would you tell them if news comes out that Deshaun Watson doesn't get any suspension at all? He's good to go from week one. Do you tell them is is Amari Cooper still a bust, or are you going to go ahead and draft him? I would still be worried, like I said about the injury problems, because Cooper has not. When was the last time Cooper played a full season? <laughs> exactly that. I, will Deshaun heavily rely on Cooper? Probably. But you're going to be taking focus of uh, uh, the number one cornerback, probably a safety over the top if you're Cooper. Plus, you're playing in a division with the Steelers defense twice a year. The Bengals defense, which their secondary is weak. But that, that front of Cincinnati will get in the backfield and make Watson more run around. And then, again, Baltimore's defense is just Baltimore's defense. They're going to be middle of the pack. But Marlon Humphreys probably I would take over Amari Cooper. So that's six games right there where you're not looking to be in Cooper's favor. I I would still be worried, especially in a run-first offensive scheme. So I looked it up. Amari Cooper, surprisingly, he's only missed three games – in the past two seasons, but like you, like you said, you know, there's, there's a lot to worry about here with the Sean Watts and everything that's going on at quarterback, really no help on the opposite side of them. What, what, this, this is answer me this. What, what was it last year? Was it a, what was his knee or was it a shoulder last year that was that bothering him? Like, yeah, it was something was bothering him all last year. He played through it, but that's what like, it's, that's what I'm talking about. Well, it was I, like I think, little I think it was things. Multiple injuries. I think it was yeah. the shoulder, the knee and the ankle. Yeah, it, it, it's just like, be careful. Yeah. Be careful. Now, Mark, I have like a, okay, I'm looking at, okay, I'm looking at this like chart and everything and seeing where your head is leaning. So if you had a draft right now, would you take, I'm just going off of players that are within his like ADP range already. We got, would you take Mike Williams or Amari Cooper? Oh, I'll take Mike Williams. I, I love Mike Williams. Would you take a Mod Rod St. Brown or Amari Cooper? I would take Man, I would I would it depends. It depends if Watson's playing or not. If Watson's playing, I'd take Cooper. If Watson's not, then I'm taking Sam Brown. Okay. Um let's go with Jerry Judy or Amari Cooper. I'm not going to answer that because I love Jerry Judy. I have a great, <laughs> great feeling about Jerry Judy this year. All righty. Hey, that's all I wanted to know, baby. Yeah. It, 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 it's all going to boil down to Deshaun Watson, for real. I, I, that's what it's going to be. Because, uh, in my opinion, 
Sorry, you have something? No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to move um, on. Amari Cooper, I think, could literally be a steal if Deshaun Watson is playing. I was like, because who was throwing him the football? Oh, yeah, that's I fair. Was... Yeah, that, that's 100% fair. Even though if uh, Deshaun only misses four games, that's a steal. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, because I'm looking at it, I'm like, man, because it, it, it is a big risk. Like, But you, hey, you got to have big risks in order to win fancy football leagues. But it's like it can crush you because you're drafting Amari Cooper as you're literally your wide receiver, too on your team, depending on how you go about it. If not, you're shoot, you ain't going to have no running backs. If you go, another thing is it's also going to come down to how you draft because Cooper probably is going to fall within the fourth, fifth round range. Mm -hmm. Let's say you take a receiver in the first and you double up on two running backs. Mm -hmm. Now you're going to need a wide receiver too. And do you really feel comfortable with Amari Cooper as a two knowing everything going around in, in Cleveland right now? It just all depends because what if you get Cooper Cup at four? Right. That's solid. So you're willing to be able to do that risk. I think if you could pair him with a a high floor, you know, high ceiling type of guy such as a Cooper Cup, uh, Devontae Adams, if those are Mm -hmm. one of your wide receiver ones, I don't care if I have Amari Cooper as a wide receiver too. But if you have, you know, someone like Tyreek Hill who's – you know, he's usually, he used to be pretty consistent, but you now he's moving to a new team, new quarterback. We don't know what Tyreek Hill could be. You're taking on two risks at your wide receiver one, wide receiver two, and um, that could be some trouble if, if Amari Cooper's your wide receiver two in that case. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, let's move on to number three. I put Deontay Johnson on this spot. And I, I loved Deontay Johnson last year. But just the situation that he's in now, it does not benefit him. We'll start with the the big obvious thing, the quarterbacks. We do not know who is starting at quarterback. If it's Trubisky, that's not good. If it's Pickett, that's not good. <laughs> but I, I think if Pickett gets in more, Deontay will have a well better chance to succeed. I see Deontay Johnson as if he was a Jordan Addison who Pickett had in college, who mm-hmm. won the bullet in for best receiver in the NFL or college. But the problem is college in the NFL is two different things. And usually a quarterback of a rookie or, or a second year type quarterback that's getting their first starts tends to heavily rely on the tight end or the check down routes. The thing mm-hmm. is, the, the upside to what Deontay has is he's a big play machine, and that defense is going to keep that offense on the field a lot. That defense is going to give that Sealer offense a lot of opportunities. It's just, can Trubisky or Pickett just figure out how to work with him is the question. Plus, it doesn't help that he's currently at camp not practicing because he wants a contract extension. He's pulling the T.J. Watt from last year until he gets his contract, which if he doesn't start getting you know integrated, in, integrated into the system, he's going to be rusty come out week one or preseason. I, I, w- I want you to remember one thing here, Mark. 
Mitch Trubisky is not terrible. He's not good, but he's not terrible. <laughs> you got to remember, in 2019, Mitch Trubisky led Allen Robinson to be the to a wide receiver eight finish in uh, PPR, points per game, uh, fantasy football. And in 2019, or in, I'm sorry, in 2020, he led Allen Robinson to a wide receiver seven finish. Let me ask you a question first to go with that. Yep. At at this very moment right now, the 2019 – we'll use 2019. 2019 Chicago Bears offensive front or 2022 Pittsburgh offensive line? I mean, I mean, we know the answer to this. Yes. We so, know the answer to this. But all I'm saying is – The thing there, is – There's a path. It's the line. If Trubisky isn't going to have the time, he's not going to – Trubisky's not good under pressure. Let me just say it like that. He's not good when the pressure's on. Okay. Well, Mark, Mark, we can't forget Deontay Johnson finished seventh last year, and that's the, true. Steelers line was worse last year with a less mobile quarterback. Yeah, but that less mobile quarterback was well better under pressure, has the experience, and knew the system. He knew the offense for seventeen years. Trubisky's in his first year. The line is slightly better. Okay. We're not going to say this line is way better than last year because it's not. And Trubisky does not like the pressure. You get into his chest, he's going to make mistakes. He's going to force it. It's going to be a lot of Steeler football where the defense is going to give the offense enough chances that the offense is going to throw those chances away. As long as Trubisky's there, that's why I'm saying if Pickett's there to start, I think the Steelers would be in a better situation then. But if Trubisky's starting, I don't like that. Fair enough. All righty. So, Deontay Johnson or <laughs> Jalen Waddle? I like Waddle. Deontay Johnson, Terry McLaurin. I love Terry McLaurin. Deontay Johnson. DK Metcalf. I can't use that because DK don't have a quarterback. I'll take Deontay <laughs> over DK. Deontay Johnson or AJ Brown? AJ Brown, for sure. Okay. Um, Deontay, he's going to be the safety blanket, in my opinion. Um, I actually have Deontay Johnson over Terry McLaurin. Hmm. I don't have him over. And I have him over A.J. Brown. Um, and I have him over D.K. I, I'm a little – like, I, I love Jalen Waddle. Like, I had him last year in our draft that we had. Um, I love the talent of him. And I think uh, Tua is going to be better. So, that's a, uh, that's a toss-up. I think I'll go Deontay Johnson on that one just because I just like the safety blanket of – and the Steelers still have a pretty decent defense. So, and if they are playing from behind, he's going to get targeted because I don't trust Claypool. Um, Pat Firemuth, is that how you pronounce his last name? Yeah. He is good. Um, I actually think he's going to be a top 10 tight end this year uh, coming into this season. But um, Deontay Johnson, I still believe he can – I think his ceiling is at, like, wide receiver – 13, maybe like right at that borderline wide receiver one. But I think his floor is a solid 
wide receiver, high wide receiver two, mid wide receiver two. Like that's what you're going to get from him. But I think he can't go anything higher than like a uh, from a wide receiver like twelve to wide receiver thirteen, right in that range. So right at that borderline wide receiver one number. See how I seen it was Deontay would be running the more middle in to shorter routes. Claypool was probably going to be running your deep routes. I, I, I felt like Fryermuth was the safety valve all of last year already. You mm-hmm. catch the shallow outs, the slants, the drags, those type of things. And I still think that's what he's going to do. And I would be more interested to see how they're going to use Najee because he had catches last year and it showed that he could be receiving running back. I just said that, hey, he doesn't mind 300, uh, 300 uh, attempts this year. so Exactly. Huge. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how they use Najee because he's going to be a 1,000-yard rusher. They're going to rely – I feel like Pittsburgh's going to rely heavily on the run this year. The question would be how much run to pass are they going to do or how much are they going to actually be playing from behind because their defense is that good because they have a top three defense when healthy. Just all depends because that their division is tough. You're talking about you're going against the you'll have a two. yeah you'll have a healthy Lamar again. Yeah, you have Joe Burrow and exactly like, that's insane. Like it, it's going to be tough, and if Deshaun Watson is playing, that is no like they're that's another solid team. So shoot, like Deontay Johnson, I don't hate him. Um, he's not like a love, love player of mine, but it, I don't hate him. Uh, I don't think he's a bust in my opinion. I think, like I said before, I think he's going to regress from what he was last year. And at the ADP of currently 14, mm-hmm. that that's a teeter-totter of low one, like you said, low one, high two. Yeah. And you would want to have higher two numbers. If, you, if you're going to use Deontay as your one, if you're picking him in the third round, you're going to probably have him in the one, maybe two range, depending on how you draft. You're going to want to see bigger upper 200 numbers than, you know, 190, 210, somewhere in that range. Agreed. Yeah, there's definitely the potential for Deontay to be um, finishing the top 10 again, but we could also definitely see him fall out um, with quarterback and offensive situation there. I do think he'll be right on the fringe. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he does finish, you know, right at number 10 this year. That'd probably be where I have him picked. But with that, Mark, we'll jump on to your number four guy. Or number two. Your number, number two. two. Thank you, sir. This is where I got – this is where I'm going to get flack for because this is where I start going heavy. Uh-huh. I took Tyreek Hill as the number two bust. Now, hear me out. New system. Tyreek Hill is a deep ball threat, Okay. He's going to run your deep ball routes. Tua is not the best at throwing that ball deep. 66% over the last two years of his career throwing the ball deep. Not to mention, he got Jalen Waddle, Mike Gusecki, who could be a top 10, top 7 tight end, and three backs, four backs in the backfield that could just explode at any given time. You have three receiving backs from the backfield. Gasecki and your two receivers. There is just too many targets to go on for what Tyreek Hill is used to doing as he finished wide receiver seven last year. I don't think Tyreek's finished in top ten because of 
the amount of volume that has to go to everybody. With when I say the backfield, there's Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, Mike Isek. Oh, not Mike Isek. I'm sorry. Uh, what's his name? Gaskin. Gaskin. Yeah, yeah. They have Gaskins as the four behind Sony Michelle at the three. Like yeah. you, you have receiving backs everywhere on that team. Yeah, and then you got too many targets to go outside with Tyreek. I'm not saying he's going to fall below 200 yard or 200 points or less than a thousand yards. He's going to get it, but he's going to he's going to be far so far down in that 200 range that it's going to be like, oh, Tyreek kills a first round pick. I don't think Tyreek kills a first round pick. I would pick him, in my personal opinion, third round at the highest. You're never going to get him. Exactly that. That's why I'm scared to use Tyreek uh, Hill within the first two rounds, given what could happen. And yeah. if for some reason Tua doesn't play the way he's supposed to, loses his job, he's going to lose it to Teddy Bridgewater. Well, Tua's not going to lose the job. Yeah, you know, they definitely I mean. want him as the future. I think they brought in Bridgewater as a, a safety, blan- safety blanket. Excuse me. And he's but, back home, too, back in Miami. Right, yep. But I think I, – I do think there will be some regression with Hill. I think it all comes from going with a future Hall of Famer <laughs> and Patrick Mahomes to downgrading to, to Tua. I know Tyreek wants to sell that Tua is the most accurate quarterback in the league. Okay, maybe he's most accurate on throwing five-yard routes to the Jalen wall last year. But so, – so there's going to be that natural regression. I don't think there will be – a ton enough for me to call him a bust. Definitely not uh, letting you take him in the third, Mark. I'll gladly be taking him uh, <laughs> early and mid-second. You could have him, right? I have him. You could sticky note this, mark it up, save it, stick it to your wall, stick it to your refrigerator. I'm going to make a bold proclamation right now. I think Jalen Waddle will have a better fantasy season than Tyreek Hill does. Ooh, that's spicy. I like that's it. That's bold. That is bold. I will stick to that <laughs> bold claim. Only because Tua and Waddle have that one-year chemistry in their bag. Yes, Tyreek Hill is probably going to be a Hall of Famer one day. But, man, it's going to be so weird for Tyreek coming in from not only having – the best quarterback in the NFL, but only having to contest with uh, Travis Kelsey, no running backs. Kansas City did not run the ball. Okay. And all he had a fight was with Kelsey and Mahomes just threw it to those two just religiously. There's just too many options for Tua to give the ball to. Those running backs are irrelevant. I think Chase Edmonds will be – Edmonds is probably going to be your running back on the ground. Listen, now, the thing listen. is, if Mostert stays healthy, does Mostert get a lot of touches through the air? They all will. It's, it's going to be the same thing that they were in last year with the, the running back by committee. They Gaskin is clearly more talented than Malcolm Brown. We've seen Malcolm Brown <laughs> with the Rams for years. He couldn't, <laughs> he couldn't do a thing. And they and the, the Dolphins continuously decided to go with Malcolm Brown over Miles Gaskin. It didn't make any sense. <laughs> and then they were bringing uh, Patrick Laird. There was another one. There was somebody else that they were bringing in last year to run over these guys. Stick to the most talented guy. You know they should have went with. Um, they should have went with Gaskin last year. 
Edmonds is probably most talented. He's the guy they should go with this year, but they're going to do the same thing as they did last year. They're going to, it's going to be a four-headed rotation. <laughs> Not going to know who to play there. Um, I don't think it's going to mess with the receivers very much at all. But Cam, I want to I want to jump back to you because you you are a Jalen Waddle fan. That that's yes, I am. And Mark's coming in here saying that Jalen Waddle is going to have a better season than Tyree Kill. How do you feel about that? I feel great because if I can get my hands on Jalen Waddle in fantasy football drafts this year, if I can literally, I was like right at right now he's at ADP right at around like 16, 16, 17. Uh, at the wide receiver position. So if I can get this man, you guys know me, I do not like these running backs anymore. I don't trust them. I was like, hey, Christian McCaffrey last year, so what that happened. And yes, I'm a Panther homer out here, but I'm sorry, Christian McCaffrey. Um, <laughs> you have cost me my season. <laughs> but um, Jalen Waddle, I would love that man to be like my number two receiver. I was like, I would love it if I can freaking have – uh, Jamar Chase with Jalen Waddle, go ahead and give me a playoff spot now. I was like, I think Jalen Waddle is going to be a – he's a superstar. We saw what this man was doing. Like, wasn't he on a broken leg in a national championship game and, like, was playing? I was like, come on, man. The dude's a freak of nature. <laughs> I was like, I love him. I was like, I have all the respect for him. I'm a big fan. And with Tyreek Hill's situation – um, unless they run some like Debo Samuel type of, because they got the head coach, they got their head coach came from San Francisco. So I definitely 100% agree with you, Justice, on the fact that they're going to end up doing that running back by committee type of stuff. So they're going to run all four of them, and they're just going to do do what the 49ers are going to do. So um, I think the running backs are kind of irrelevant, in my opinion. But um, I really, really, really like Jalen Waddle because of the chemistry Tua does have with him. And um, I think Tyreek Hill is more of a decoy, in my opinion. Sounds good. Mark, take us, in the, take us to your number one. <sighs> okay. I'm ready for this now. I've been preparing for this. At number one, I put Debo Samuel. Now, interesting enough, Debo Samuel – had more rushing touchdowns than he did receiving touchdowns last year. Debo has alluded to not wanting to be dual threat receiver. He wants to stick to receiver and receiver only. Now I'm taking that as a shot that, that San Francisco is going to now use Elijah Mitchell more. And now they're going to pull Debo, Debo from the backfield and just use him as a receiver. Does that up his receiver stats from, I believe, 1,400 yards or 1,300 yards and six touchdowns last year and 400 rushing yards and seven touchdowns? I'd imagine he's not going to get seven. He's not getting seven rushing touchdowns again this year. Okay, we'll chalk that. I'll give him one and two. One or two seems more realistic. He's not going to get up to 400 yards rushing again. Another thing is he's moving from Garoppolo to Trey Lance. And last year, Debo Samuel averaged 18 yards a catch. That's going to be pretty hard to duplicate, especially with what's basically a rookie quarterback still. In can I, can I uh, cut you off real quick? Mm-hmm. Go for it. All righty, baby. I'm going to tell you what these four running backs have in common. Elijah Mitchell, 
hurt. Jeff Wilson, hurt. Trey Sermon, hurt. Jermichael Hasty, hurt. They find, I don't know what it's brewing in San Francisco, but they cannot get healthy running backs to save their soul. So who do they start running the football? Debo Samuel. So I think that Debo's continue going to get the ball at the goal line. And I think he is their playmaker. There's a reason why that I was like, he's worth the money. I was like, he's a running back, receiver, whatever you want to call a shoot. He throws the football too. I was like, Debo is that guy for that team with Kittle because Kittle likes to block more than he likes to even catch <laughs> football. So I do <sighs> like Debo. I see what you're saying, where he's going, um, roughly around that six to eight range. Um, in he's the top right 10. outside the first round, beginning of the second round pick. I, I think Debo's right – I, I think Debo's right at that line of, of 12, 13, 14. So are you getting draft. Travis Kelsey or are you getting Debo? No. No. I'm not going to take Kelsey over yeah, Debo. This dude took Kelsey last year. And it almost worked. <laughs> it almost worked. It I almost worked. Missed, you didn't make the playoffs. I missed playoffs by a game because Kelsey fell off at the end of the year. But my thing is, it's it's so hard to duplicate 18 yards a catch. He, he was getting big plays. And you say on the goal line, I believe there's another guy that you didn't name that's going to get the ball on the goal line that's like a Mike Allstock type guy, mm-hmm. Kyle Juszczyk. Oh, I do like Juszczyk that. Juszczyk had, I do like that. what, three, four, five touchdowns last year, I think, strictly on goal line touches. You're banking yourself also on four injuries. Debo does not want to play that running back spot. Okay, Mark, let, let me jump in here because – you're talking all about how Debo doesn't want to play running back and how so much production came from running back. So I had I had to look into this, right? He had about 1,300 receiving yards and six touchdowns. Yeah, yeah we're, go- we're, going, we're going before he even got to the 1,300-yard <laughs> mark. We're going to go first nine weeks of the NFL season this year. Guess how many carries Debo Samuel had through the first nine weeks of the NFL season? It wasn't a Total. lot. Total. It wasn't a lot. It was all eight came carries. In, yeah, it was all came in the second half. Eight total carries. And, but at that point in the season, through nine weeks, Debo Samuel had 49 catches, 880 yards receiving, and four receiving touchdowns. He had about 20 yards rushing and, and a touchdown. So, you know, give him about 10 fantasy points to his rushing through nine weeks into the season. That's how many, not, that's uh, how many yards did he have? Did you, how 880 rushing? receiving yards. 880, okay. 20 rushing yards. He, at that point in the season, he was wide receiver two. Basically off receiving stats alone, he was wide receiver two. I get it. It's going to be hard to replicate 18 and a half receiving yard, or yards per reception again. It's not impossible, though, especially when you run a lot of play action, which is what you know the, the 49ers bread and butter is. And Trey Lance is a big play guy. He is, uh, you look at his completion percentage, he's complete in – 47% of passes in the preseason last year, 50% of 57% of his passes in uh, the regular in his snaps in the regular season in 2021. It, it's not going to matter, Mark. He's still going to make these big plays, even if uh, Lance isn't as accurate as Garoppolo. Samuel's still going to be a key contributor for them, even even off receiving alone, even if he doesn't play running back. 
the thing is, you take in those first nine weeks, okay, or whatever you said, he was still at that point averaging 18 yards a catch. That is just astron- – it's almost 20 yards a catch. That's not going to happen again. Plus, there's always that one little sneaky thing in the back that Debo liked to do. It's get hurt. Debo got hurt, missed the entire 2020 season. I'll take my chances. It's fair. Yeah, it's fair to say you have Debo at six, but I'm saying he's not going to have the 300 point, close to 300 point fantasy season he did this year. I definitely see regression. Like, don't get me wrong. I see regression for sure, but I don't. I, he's he's safer than safe. I was like, you're talking about you're getting rushing yards and you're getting. It's literally Chris McCaffrey. If you're actually talking about it, I was like, you're getting a Chris McCaffrey, like a lesser version of Chris McCaffrey. So okay, I'm okay. Homie, but here's my thing. Do you know McCaffrey had that 400 points fantasy season? Mm-hmm. What happened the exact following season? He missed the entire yeah, he year. Got hurt. Yeah. Let's compare. Let's compare number of touches, though. Do you have that off the top of your head? No. Well. 73 catches, and then roughly what? Probably, what, 40, 50 rushes? So through for 17 weeks, uh, Debo Samuel last year through 17 weeks had 73 catches uh, and 51 carries. So that's about 100, that's 124 um, touches basically throughout the whole season. And you're saying, what was that season for Christian McCaffrey? That was 20... 19 was it? 2019. 2019. Yeah, it was his big year. 2019, Christian McCaffrey alone had 278 carries at on 110 receptions. It's just different. It's just totally different workloads, though. He's still going to get hit an abundance of times, which is, is still going to tear your body. It's not going to be 400 times. That's true. But he also has the health issue. We'll see. I'm just that, saying it. That health issue is only for one year, though. That, it was what was it was like a whole year long thing that was literally nothing. Thought he hurt his knee. I don't think it was his knee. I think it was his ankle. One of the two. All one and the same. Thank you for joining us for episode one of the Sports Jam podcast. We encourage you to join episode two when we go over Cam's five breakout wide receivers for the 2022 fantasy football season.